Alan Durek is the author of six books, The Shell Collector, About Grace, Memory Wall, Four Seasons in Rome, All the Light We Cannot See, and Cloud Cuckoo Land. Durek is a two-time National Book Award finalist, and his fiction has won five O. Henry Prizes and won a number of others, including the Pulitzer Prize and the Carnegie Medal. Welcome to the Book Bibuli podcast, and today we are going to discover all the light we cannot see. It was interesting, and I was wondering, how did he come up with that title? So, in the author's own words, one winter day in 2004, I, meaning Anthony Doerr, took a train from Princeton, New Jersey, to New York City. The gentleman in the seat in front of me was talking on his cell phone about the sequel to The Matrix, and we were racing along at 40 or 50 miles per hour. And as the train dove beneath the Hudson River, his call dropped, and the man got angry. He swore, rapped his phone with his knuckles, and I thought, what he's forgetting, what we are all forgetting, pretty much every time we expect our mobile phones to function, is that what he's doing is a miracle. He's using two minuscule radios crammed inside a little slab of glass and aluminum to send and receive little packets of invisible light between hundreds of towers, one after the next, miles apart, each connecting to the next at the speed of light. And he's using that magic to have a conversation about Kenya Reeves. I thought, because we are so habitualized to it, we've stopped seeing the grandeur of this breathtaking act. The magic of it has vanished. So that day on the train, I scribbled a phrase into my notebook, all the light we cannot see and started wondering how I might tell a story that could help us feel and see again the power and sorcery of using light to carry human voices across distances, over borders, and through walls. What a lovely, lovely thought. And so, folks, we have all the light we cannot see. And with us today, we have Sean with us, who's going to discuss this book. Hello, I'm Sean Chatterjee. I'm a freshman at a high school in Mississauga. I live in Ontario, Canada. I used to live in Delhi NCR in India before coming to Canada. Reading books in languages like French and English is one of my interests. Today I am happy to be with you. I wish to share my experience with the book All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Dwyer. Just so you all know, I prefer reading fiction. This historical fiction backed awards like the Pulitzer Prize, the Goodreads Choice Award, and the Audi Award. Let's discuss this beautiful novel. You know the greatest lesson of history? It's that history is whatever the victors say it is. That's the lesson. Whoever wins, that's who decides the history. We act in our own self-interest. Of course we do. Name me a person or a nation who does not. The trick is figuring out where your interests are. So, what do you think about the history written by the victors? In my opinion, the history written by the victors is almost always inaccurate. The victors will always emphasize on how humane 
they were and how they did not cause any casualties or were not harsh or brutal. This is all a lie. The victors will always want to maintain self-image and not show the rest of the world their true colors. The cruelty, homicide, etc. Whatever happens on the battleground stays on the battleground. You know, this book has haunting, beautiful prose. It's brimming with metaphors and painting gorgeous images. Which ones were your favorite? You know, this book is so beautifully written that an item as small and meaningless as a can of peaches symbolizes something. When Mahilor and her father arrived at Saint Malo, Madame Menek offered them a can of peaches, symbolizing that they were safe. They saved that can of peaches for later. Many years later, when Werner shoots von Rumpel, Mahilor and him eat the, both eat the same can of peaches, symbolizing that they are safe yet again. It is such a small and insignificant item. But the characters in the story turn it into a luxurious item. Unlike a lot of other books, this book had a heavy dose of fantasy woven into a book of historical fiction. I found that really, really is interesting, you know, as a plot. What did you think about the plot? The plot of the diamond called Sea of Flames was definitely a good plot. It was a brilliant idea and it gave the text meaning. This gem, although, has a deeper meaning. This gem is a mythological gem. It contains a feeling of supremacy, status, and power. The, the feeling Nazis were obsessed with. That is, that is why they were trying to get it from Saint Malo. That also explains why Mahilor threw the gem into the ocean. She did it so that this insanity would end. You know, I think living in the times of World War II shaped the people of that time. To stand up against the Nazi regime was almost impossible. But there were some who tried. Let's talk about them. The people who stand up for themselves are the people who have courage. The courage to brave the, to brave the darkness and embrace the light others can see. Werner is an example. He had, he had the courage to not follow the regime and shoot his mission leader. He helped the French and eventually got arrested by the Nazis. You know, it's soon going to be a year for Bupi Luli and we've been bringing different people, different books, different kind of podcasts and it has been so much fun for us. I hope it has been as much fun for you guys and I hope you have enjoyed the platform. Ah, so I heard about Big Bibuli last year in 2022. You started this one-of-a-kind podcast. The platform attracts young minds to listen to a hand-picked selection of exceptional books that you suggest. So I'm a huge fan since inception. I really liked the episode where Anisha reviewed the book A Night by Ellie Wiesel and where Arya reviewed the, the book Chosen by K.M. Potok. Your local Delhi NCR book launch events are also amazing, but I browse for content in the podcasts and blogs. Book Bibuli? You are amazing, making such a huge task easy for readers like me. Coming back to the book, 
what do you think about the character of Mari? Mari Laura is a young woman dri driven by curiosity. Despite her early blindness, Mari Laura does not mind a limited sheltered life. She's dedicated to navigating the world by small uh, by studying small models of places she finds herself in. She wants to learn and experience as much of the world as possible. Mari Laura's find find joy in the in exploring beaches, touching natural specimens, and reading adventure stories. She was also once consumed by darkness, just like Warner Fennec, when she witnessed the annexation of Paris and the death of Madame Manek. However, she was she was able to brave the darkness and bring back hope when she met Werner. She eventually became a famous scientist conducting field research, making discoveries, and living happily as a single mother. You know, I really need to ask you this. What is your favorite, favorite part of the book? My favorite part of the book is, where, uh, is the part where Werner hears the voice of the person who is broadcasting the secret codes. He realizes that that person is the person who he used to listen to many years ago on the radio, who taught him everything. He was basically alive because of that person. This realization made him go passive towards the French people when he was sent on, the, on a mission to retrieve the precious gem from Saint-Malo. He shot the mission leader, Von Rompel, and saved Marie-Laure by getting her to secu security. And I don't think it would be complete if I didn't ask you, what did you think of Werner? Werner is another protagonist who has been through a lot and has had his fair share of tra tragedies. His childhood was consumed by darkness. He watched his city slowly die as it slowly got industrialized. Therefore, therefore he was also hopeless once, just like Mahi Lore. She ended up in a Nazi. He ended up in a Nazi camp where there were they were cruel. Uh, there were cruel instructors who humiliated him and his campmates. Him and his friend in camp, Frederick, were bullied by other campmates. However, he successfully braved the darkness and embraced the light when he listened to the radio and learned many new things, bringing him back his lost, long lost hope. Thank you so much for being with us today. It was wonderful to have you over. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great experience that I could talk with you about this award-winning book. And all, I also thank your entire team for making Book Bibuli a grand success. Every week, I look forward to hearing from an interesting person who reviews with you. I wait anxiously every week to get to know about some new books. So, thank you Big Bibuli for everything. So there folks, Marie lives in Paris, near the Museum of Natural History where her father works. When she is 12, the Nazis occupy Paris. Her father and daughter flee to the walled citadel of St. Malo, where Marie, reclusive great-uncle, lives in a tall house by the sea. With them, they carry what might be the museum's most valuable and dangerous jewel. In a mining town in Germany, Werner, an orphan, grows up with his younger sister. 
enchanted by a crude radio they find that brings them news and stories from places they have never seen or imagined. Werner becomes an expert at building and fixing these crucial new instruments and is enlisted to use this talent to track down the resistance, deftly interweaving the lives of both these characters. The author illuminates the way against all odds that people try to be good to one another. Open your eyes and see what you can with them. For they close forever. And such a beautiful thought that is. And now it's time for Book Bibuli Read Record. The reading competency required for this book is six. The reader should obviously be able to read normal English language. The language is pure poetry. It's beautifully written and like I told you earlier as well, it's full of metaphors and imagery. It is so, so lovely. You can possibly finish this book in five to six days. It can be read with breaks. In fact, I would encourage you to do so, so that you can absorb the feeling of the book. Donna is historical fiction, World War II, and magic realism to a certain degree. I think you would really, really enjoy this book. It will be a natural extension to a reading trajectory which already has The Shell Collector, The Snake Handler, and Memory Wall. The book is lovely, absolutely beautiful. And uh, I think for once, there is a balance between both sides of the war. So I think it would be very interesting. The perspective is very interesting. Once you have read this, you will be ready for the book feed by Marcus Yusak. All the best and happy reading.